back in Romans 12. <clears throat> and as we continue to read the definitive summary of the Christian experience in this world, we have to understand that these one word or one sentence phrases have so many references or cross-references. If you have a cross-reference Bible, you can see them. They're stacked in there. <coughs> Ooh, sorry about that. I'm sorry if I burst anyone's ears there. I apologize. <coughs> I won't do that again, Penny. Don't worry. Um, <coughs> that if you take any single verse from Romans 12, you can draw these red lines all the way through your Bible to all these other verses. And so that's why it's a summary, because nothing in Romans 12 really stands without some sort of reference to something else where Jesus uh, expanded on it or where the apostles talked about it or where the prophets um, spoke about it. And so today we are going to look at verse 13, <clears throat> but also Hebrews chapter 13, and we'll get there as well. So in the New Testament, church hospitality was especially important. It served a very specific purpose for the time, um, and there is so much that can be said about it. But there's also something that can be said, something genuine, something that you can't fake when you allow someone else into your home. And to show that kind of love in your personal space, you can't put it on, or not, not you, but anyone. <clears throat> and so if, if it's about love, and it is about love, the series is called Let Love Be. And that is the foundation principle of our entire faith. There's something to be said about hospitality in the modern day as well. Because it wouldn't serve the same purpose. And we're going to look at the historical purpose. And we're going to look at how we can apply our hospitality to our lives today. And live out our Christian faith. So let's simply just read the verse and I'll pray. We'll get into it. <clears throat> Romans 12, verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we thank you that our faith is practical that we walk it and live it and practice it day by day. Help us to apply love in these very simple yet profound ways. Amen. <coughs> Let me just take it off here. So historically, hospitality in the New Testament served two purposes. It was connected to the idea of evangelism and church planting, okay? 
So here's what they would do. <clears throat> this church would send out a missionary, an evangelist, to reach um, other people in, in other cities. They would usually work, travel in, in pairs or in threes. And they would go out and preach, and preach the gospel. Now, imagine you're part of the small ministry team and you're traveling and you get to a town and you're preaching in the synagogues and you're preaching in the streets and you and your three other comrades or whatever, um, it's, it's getting dark, it's getting late. There's no cell phone, there's no booking.com, there's no Uber, there's no Airbnb. Where do you go for the night? What happens? <laughs> well, you find out if there are other Christians living in that town, and you take your letter of recommendation that your pastor would have written to you, written for you, sometimes, not always. And you would go and seek out these Christians living in their homes in this town, perhaps, or the closest town. You would knock on their door in the middle of the night, and you would ask them if you could stay there. And they did not know you from, from anywhere. The only commonality you have with them is Jesus Christ. And without the gift of hospitality, the gospel wouldn't have reached places that it did in the New Testament church. Okay. The second purpose it served historically was during the persecution. This practice would continue. Sometimes Christians, refugees, would come to a new town and seek refuge among other Christians. Now this is where it got tricky because when they knocked on the door, they didn't have the letter of recommendation <laughs> like the early evangelists did before the persecution began. They had, help us. <laughs> we, our house were burnt down, our people, our church, we have nothing. Can you take us in? And you're standing there. Now imagine you're on the other side of the door, okay? And you're letting these, you're greeting these people in the dead of night, and you, you have to decide if they're telling the truth or if they're spies, because that did happen as well. But yet, many people were saved from persecution, and God was glorified because of the practice and the gift of hospitality. That is why... In Hebrews, and we'll read that in a moment, it's so highly um, uh, commanded. That is why it is the quality, it's even listed as one of the qualities of a pastor. That is why Second John, the book of Second John, it's a few paragraphs long, talk about this, where John passionately, firmly, rebukes a person in the church 
because they had ill-treated a missionary that came to ask for a place to stay. He was um, vigorously <laughs> rebuked. How could you do that? You should be ashamed of yourself because someone had ill-treated a fellow Christian that asked for lodging. That's the book of Second John. Because it serves such an important purpose in the historical church. Now again, we're going to draw some red lines out of Hebrew, out of Romans 12. And that red line, in fact, you can't talk about hospitality without really mentioning Romans chapter 13. Let's look at it. And we'll learn about the spirit that these people carried, the attitude and the mindset that was necessary and that is necessary even today. So Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3. Actually, I'm going to read from 1 to 3. Okay. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for thereby have some entertained angels unknowingly. All right. <clears throat> Who's heard that, that one before, right? Okay, so... <clears throat> We can't talk about this verse, or rather, when this verse was written, I believe the author wanted to bring to mind the account of when Abraham unknowingly entertained the angel of the Lord in Genesis. <clears throat> I think that's what's being referred to here. I'm not saying that that maybe has never happened, that... Angels, in the literal sense, has, um, has never lived or, or um, I'm not saying that, okay? But here is what I am saying. Think about this for a moment, okay? <clears throat> when you think about this, is your thought, oh, no. I need to be kinder to strangers because what if one of them is an angel? I don't think that mindset is in line with true biblical doctrine. I don't think that is, I don't think that mindset stands next to what we read in the rest of scripture. <clears throat> we are not we shouldn't be scared <laughs> into being kinder to other people. <clears throat> Do you think your punishment would be greater if you had mistreated someone unbeknowingly that was an angel versus mistreating someone that was just a, a normal person? No. <laughs> the sin would be the same. Our, our, our judgment would be the same. Do you think it's 
it's what the Bible says, be kinder to everyone because you don't know if you're mistreating someone important. No, that's not what, that's not what the scripture speaks. So if your original, if your initial thought reading this verse is, I need to be kinder to people because one of them might be an angel. Let me, let me tell you my interpretation of what I read here and what I believe this passage is trying to communicate to us. Okay. <clears throat> it says in verse, uh, verse 3, remember, um, not verse 3, verse 2. I think this reference is wrong. My, verse 13, verse 2. It's written correctly in the bulletin. I've got it wrong here in my notes. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by some have entertained angels unknowingly. Okay, the word do not forget and the word unknowing is the same root word. <clears throat> so, in other words, it's saying don't neglect the duty of being hospitable. <laughs> Don't unknowingly not perform that duty because unknowingly <laughs> Abraham simply loved God and did what was right. the people in the time would have been very aware versus unaware, would have been very in the know versus being un unknowingly. They would have been aware of class. They would have been aware of circumstances. They would have been aware of, do I know this person or are they a stranger? Um, where do they come from? What circumstances are they in? Are we in good standing? Are they prominent in the community? <clears throat> they would have been aware of these things before practicing hospitality. That's what happened in Second John. But they would be unaware of their duty to simply love God and love others, the underlying principle of our entire faith. That is what it's contrasting. We should be good regardless, even if, it, <laughs> even if it was an angel and you knew it shouldn't change your behavior to anyone. Our verse says, distribute to the, to the needs of the saints and practice hospitality. Now, it is two different things, but there's so much overlap there that I am treating it as the same thing. <clears throat> this church survives because we share. <clears throat> as, as a building, as an organization, we survive because you give to the tithes and offerings of this church. As a body, as a body of believers, we survive and thrive 
because we care about each other's needs. I prayed for Janice this morning. People have been providing her meals when there has been a loss among us. We, we, we reach out. We, we're there for each other, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So we, we share our resources. We share our time with each other and our empathy and our sympathy with each other. That is what that first part is saying. But how can we, then this morning, practice hospitality better? What can we do in this day and age to say, I want to show this genuine love in a real way? Regarding believers, regarding us, it extends to the universal church, to believers all over the world. I want to apply this point by telling you a story, okay? <clears throat> a year and a half ago or two years ago, well, time flies, I was doing my math program. I, uh, internship here, my apprenticeship, and Pastor David sent me and Colleen to Cape Town to learn from those churches for uh, two weeks. <clears throat> so we went and we stayed with Pastor Jeremy's daughter, daughter and son-in-law. Now, Pastor Jeremy uh, has been pastoring a church out there in, um, in Parle, or since the 80s, okay? Um, they're a small, very faithful, very close-knit community, and we learned a lot there. But the willingness of that family to allow us into their home with zero begrudging, so completely giving of themselves to us had such an impact on me and Corleen. It was so striking that we came home and we said, we need to change our way of thinking about hospitality. We, we were so taken aback by their genuine love and care for us and they have never met us from a bar of soap. They, they had our letter of recommendation. Pastor David phoned them a week before we came. That's all they had. And they so completely and unhindered just accepted us. <clears throat> they, they made sure we were comfortable. They, 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 were, they were just aware of us the whole time. And we were so, we were so astonished. We, we missed them. <laughs> After a week, we felt like we were family. We, Colleen um, still speaks to them on WhatsApp regularly. They have uh, two children about Robin's age. And if we are ever in Cape Town, again, we haven't been back since then. We would love, we would go there, we would go out of our way to go and visit them for the day. 
Here's another example. <clears throat> a year or two ago, again, um, there was a group of American missionaries that came over, okay? Um, now, I know the general church might have only interacted with them a few times, um, but I spent uh, a week with them. Uh, we had a couple stay with us. I, I think many of you did host several of them. <clears throat> and when, after those two weeks, we dropped them off at the airport, I was sad. I was, I was, I was overcome. I cried. <laughs> I'm going to miss you guys. I only knew them for two weeks. And we still keep in contact over Facebook and and they still go on about how awesome Roy West Tea is, and I, I, I see how they're doing, and, um, and we miss them. What a bond a stranger can have when the only thing we have in common is Christ. Now, I promise you, this church is going to have many, many, many more opportunities to show hospitality to people, to, to fellow believers. I encourage you to get involved and to be aware of the needs of each other now as well. There, there does not go, we, a week does not go by in this church where there is not a need somewhere, where somebody wouldn't appreciate a phone call or a meal or a visit. Not a week goes by. That is why, that's why we have church fellowship time. It's not just because, it's not for our entertainment only. It's so that we can maintain these bonds. So come to that. We're going to have cupcakes next Sunday to uh, celebrate the start of, an, of the new term. Stay afterwards for 15 minutes and have a cupcake and introduce yourself to somebody you haven't yet. All right. As we live out our faith practically, let us pray. Dear Lord, we, <clears throat> we are humbled by the love and the generosity and the many, many blessings that you show us and provide for us and, and that you care. I pray that we may translate these blessings and, and this grace <clears throat> to others to our fellow believers here in this church and to not consider who are the angels and who are the peasants, but that we may help and encourage unknowingly of who they are, but aware of our duty to do so. In Jesus' name, amen.